Okay, so here's a, uh, a question I get asked a lot. When you read books, do you make notes in a notebook? Uh, I know you highlight, but do you write in the margin? Uh, some people write on the, their notes on the front flap of the book. How do you annotate or uh, write in a book so that uh, you know you capture those thoughts or when you come back, you can re-stimulate those thoughts? What's your method, Cole? Well, I developed a method in seminary because as you're reading in seminary, especially when you do doctoral work, you've got such huge volume of reading that you may you may not even catch it the first time, but you've at least highlighted things that are important so that when you go back and look at it, you can pick out the main topics because you're just going at such a feverish pace. And for me, what I decided to do is if I'm just going to read a book and this I would consider this, you know, 80 percent of books, I'll just read with a highlighter. And I will highlight the things I think are important. If I think it's a thesis or a thematic statement for the whole book, I'll put a T in the margin. If it's something kind of surprising or emphatic or something like that, I'll put an exclamation point. And then maybe my only unique contribution to this would be if it is a seminal point in the book, I will turn the top corner of the page down, just a little bitty corner down. If it's not necessarily essential to the book, but it's a really interesting point or something that I want to come back to, I will turn the bottom right or the bottom left corner of the page down. So if you look at my books, you'll see, you know, depending on how, how long the book is, you'll see maybe 20 bottom pages turned down and four or five on the top, just because that's, you know, the significance on the top ones is probably a little bit less. Now, some books, if I'm going to read slowly and engage with this book, if I'm going to either write a review of it or really want to take my time and read it, I'll read it with a pen and a highlighter and write mm -hmm. a few comments in the margins. However, I usually use that just to write down whatever my thought or reaction was or almost like a cross-reference. So this would be interesting compared to this person or this book or something like that. Or I'll be interested to see if they answer this later. What happened with a couple of seminary books, though, is uh, I would just write down any kind of reaction I had, including snarky comments. And uh, so you you have kind of an ongoing conversation with the author. And I ended up letting somebody borrow a whole semester's worth of books. They were taking a course that I'd already taken. So I let them borrow the whole reading list for that course. And they cracked up at a few places where <laughs> they were reading the snarky comments. Uh, in, in the margins. So th that's probably, like I said, maybe 10, 20% of books that I'm that engaged yeah. with. Most of the time, just a highlighter, trying to get the main points, trying to get it to where if you went back to your book and you and you read the top dog-eared pages and the exclamation points and the T's, would you have a pretty good sense of what this book is about, yeah. what the major contribution is? What do, what do you do with yours? Well, first of all, let me observe that the book purists out there are cringing because you turn over the corner of the pages. <laughs> but I do too. But mine is simpler. I just dog ear the upper right hand or left hand corner. And you can tell how well I like to book based on how much dog eared it is. Some of them are so dog eared, it's like I must have stopped on every page. But yeah, I, I realize that's not a way to treat a book, but it's very functional. I highlight, and but I do not, I, I only ever write in the margins in one circumstance. And that's if I very much disagree with what the author has said. And the reason for that is I'll highlight something and I'll write on the, uh, you know, in the margin, absolutely not. Or this is sheer idiocy. 
you know, I will write just absolutely uh, vehement comments when I feel strongly. And the reason I did it <laughs> was one of these days, one of my grandchildren, when I'm gone, is going to pick up one of my books and see that highlight. And I want to make sure they don't believe that nonsense. So whatever it is, I don't like. That's what I I make a note about. Your but teaching you know is going I, to endure for generations it, through the margin. Exactly. I want to make sure no one gets misled by some of the things I've read. But I do... Uh, I used to jot down, I'd have a piece of paper or something somewhere in the book. And after I'd read a few chapters, I would, or, or a chapter or whatever, I would jot down the basic idea. And I did that mainly to, because that's how you know when you've really gotten a lot out. But if I can reformulate the fundamental idea in a sentence or two, I understand it. If not, I'm not com comprehending it well enough. Mm -hmm. And so it's not exactly like notes. It's more of a and I pair it back in my own words, the key, key ideas. Now I typically uh, dictate that just into my phone. Like every book I read, I have a little note and I'm mm -hmm. using notability. It doesn't matter what you're using. I just have a note for that book. And then instead of writing on a piece of paper, I'll just pick up my phone and dictate the two sentences. But I do find that trying to stop every now and then and summarize the key ideas is uh, helpful for me to assimilate it. I think Richard mm -hmm. Feynman, the Nobel uh, mathematician, physicist, once said that it's it, 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 you can learn things by reading a book, but you really don't understand things until you can teach it. In other words, you yeah. can say it yourself. So that's that's basically my system is just to summarize every now and then to make sure I'm getting everything out of it. This this is one of the key skills I think you are forced to learn in grad school. That otherwise, you're not forced to learn. Because um, you you can actually learn anything you want. I mean, this is like uh, the Goodwill Hunting scene where he's talking to the guy that that went and got the Harvard master's degree, and he said all that when he could have just paid a few late fees at the local library. Um, that th there is an argument for that, but I think one of the things uh -huh. you're forced to do that is really helpful and beneficial is you write a ton of book summaries and reviews. So almost everything mm -hmm. you're reading, even if you're not putting it into a constructive paper of some kind or an essay, you're having to summarize it in a way that shows that you understand it. And I think that's a really good practice. I like to write some of these short reviews over at uh, the blog, or sometimes I'll include some of them in the weekly speak, but being able to read something, understand it well enough to then spit it back out in a few sentences of your own words and give somebody the concepts that you're talking about is an incredible skill to have. And it's one that only comes by doing. You actually understand it better as you're writing mm -hmm. rather than just reading. So I would encourage people as you're reading, especially complex books. I mean, I remember I did this with Carl Truman's book, The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self. That book was one where it, it's a long enough and sustained enough argument that about three or four times in the book, I had to type out a few summaries of where we'd been so far in that book so that I could go back and you know, right. refresh every time I pick it back up. That's, I, I think that's a great skill in reading any kind of book, but especially the big works that are going to have a big impact that are really a longer sustained argument. Writing those summaries, even in the midst of reading them, is really helpful. Yeah, I think later in this series, we're going to do Charles Taylor's A Secular Age, and that's one I did that. I don't think we've queued up any of Ian McGilchrist's work, but uh, The Master and His Emissary, I also did that with his work. Some are so complicated that you almost have to mm -hmm. uh, do that kind of a thing. So it didn't mean to get us off track, but I do think it's helpful to know how other, how other people go about reading and capturing uh, the, the knowledge that they're trying to gain. 
Thanks for listening to the So We Speak podcast. If you like what you hear, go ahead and leave a comment, leave a review, email us, tell us what you like about it, tell us what you'd improve about it. Thanks to all you guys who are listening, and we'll see you next week on the So We Speak podcast. Thank you.